I think for everybody out there, figure out what you're good at and then partner up with somebody that's good at what you're not good at. And then you, all of a sudden create a synergy where two plus two equals five. Welcome to Props and Hops, a betting and beer podcast powered by Dimers.com. I'm your host, Matt Landis, and this week it's an honor to welcome back Spanky, the professional better, host of the podcast Be Better Betters, and founder of BetBash, the networking party for betters coming to Las Vegas April 1st through the 4th. We kick off the conversation diving into Spanky's full-time job as a pro better, including some tips he shares that every better can benefit from when it comes to information, bankroll management, and not being afraid to fail. From there, we dig into Spanky's new side hustle. He's becoming quite the event organizer these days, so we discuss the ins and outs of all things Bet Bash. We do a deep dive on the schedule, including a couple of Bet Bash exclusives breaking right here on Props and Hops, and we also discuss some pro tips on making the most of the Bet Bash experience on any budget. Plus, we touch on Spanky's vision for the future of Bet Bash. One housekeeping note before we cut to the conversation if you'd be interested in picks driven by analytics and thousands of simulations, check out the cutting edge quick picks section for free at dimers.com. You can find a link in the show notes to see where you want to get down on the Dimerspot's biggest edges. And now, enjoy my conversation with pro better Spanky. Spanky, T-minus 30 days until Bet Bash 2 kicks off in Las Vegas as we record this Wednesday evening, March 2nd. Almost down to 29 days with that countdown after some technical difficulties to get this rolling. But we are here now, glad to be doing this. The anticipation building by the day. Welcome back to Props and Hops. Thanks for having me, Matt. I appreciate it. Yeah, well, I know there's plenty of Bet Bash to get into, and that's coming soon enough. But I think the foundation of all of this is your expertise as a pro better. And a lot of people listening to this conversation probably well aware of your background. But for those who may be unacquainted or could use a bit of a refresher, could you kick us off with just an elevator pitch on your background as a pro better? Well, you know, I've been betting professionally over 20 years. Um, I, um, you know, I've been successful at it. I've been doing it full time now since 2003. So that's coming up on 19 years. And, um, you know, I have a betting office out of Jersey. Um, I'm banned pretty much in most domestic uh, sports books. My primarily bet offshore. And, uh, you know, I'm good at what I do. <laughs> I think a key to being so good at what you do, from what I've come to understand, is the way that you can gather information and use that to your advantage as a better. I've heard some stories about you and your team going great lengths to get good info. I was wondering if you could share maybe one or two stories um, just about times over the years when you've been able to maybe scoop some good information and use that to your advantage when it comes to the betting portfolio. Yeah, information is everything. So we have a lot of automated processes um, 
that are going on, um, you know, uh, uh, Twitter scrapers and, and blog scrapers. And, and we have so many things that, you know, we're trying to build out uh, a program to do the, 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 the grunt work of 20 or 30 uh, uh, staff when it comes to injury information and, and, and just other information. We're part of an information network globally. Um, it's, it's a distinct, you know, uh, underground group that share uh, pertinent information with each other. Um, and uh, you know it's 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 been very it's been very good. You know we we can't get all the information, but um, we kind of share with the group and they share with us. So it, it's been going well. Um, you know what we used to do a long time ago before the internet was so prevalent is you know we would call schools up. I know I've said this before, but we would call colleges up and we would pose as uh, alumni and you know and we would ask, hey, you know how did the practice go today and um, you know, we'd, we'd call the school newspaper up, let's just say, or the athletic department. Um, sometimes, believe it or not, we'd even get the head coach on the phone um, wow. or, or the assistant coach. Um, and I'm not going to mention schools or anything like that or players, but, you know, this is before Twitter was was active and before that. And, you know, you just act like an alumni or you act like you're part of the school newspaper. I know this sounds, oh, man, this guy's a little bit shady or whatever. But, nah, you know, listen, I'm just trying to get the info. I'm trying to find out how the practice went. Um, a lot of these obviously practices are closed practices. So, you know, if I was an alumni of the school or alum of the school, I would want to know this information and you kind of just kind of beat things to the market. And that's the key thing. You got to hustle. You got to work hard to try to get that. What I make up for in mathematical prowess and modeling and stuff, which I do have a team and I'm, I'm, I have people that help us with that. Um, we kind of, uh, we kind of, uh, get back in information gathering and, uh, and knowing um, if, if players are, you know, questionable players are going to be either doubtful or probable. And if somebody's in or out or if, you know, a couple of players were caught at the strip club the night before, shit like that. So, um, you know, th- th- this is the key thing to be able to, to, to try to find um, information. Also to be able to pair up with syndicates. You know, we, we deal with so many of the world's largest betting syndicates out there. And that's information in and of itself because if if I know what the syndicates are going to bet, I could get ahead of that, and I could uh, I could make sure that I'm going to be able to have a good closing line value. You know, if I know a line is five and it's going to go to seven, by all means, I'm going to lay to minus five. It doesn't matter if I like the game or not. That's that doesn't factor into anything. I don't even know the players on the teams. I know nothing. I just know that I'm going to beat the closing line. And if I lay five on a game to close seven, more often than not, in the long run, I'm going to come out ahead. I like that framework. It reminds me of a recent conversation I had on this show with Chris Andrews, who will be at Bet Bash, by the way. And he mentioned his opinion as being worth one bet. So I like how to you, it's on the other side of the counter, but not necessarily giving too much weight to what you personally think, but just understanding how the market works and respecting such an efficient marketplace. And when it comes to the information, I love the insight into the technology, the relationships with syndicates, and at the same time, something that most is probably most relatable to a lot of this audience would be the scrappiness. You know, you talk about calling a school newspaper or an athletic department and just having an old fashioned conversation on the phone to get some good info to that end for maybe some up and coming betters listening to this conversation who aren't on the cusp of working with syndicates or having your level of technology. Any tips you would like to share with that kind of audience as far as how they could possibly use information to their benefit as betters? Yeah, you know, you, you got to find out who the guy, you know, first off, every team has a beat writer. And I'm talking more college than pros, you know, pros also, but every team has a beat writer. 
and there's ways in which uh, guys get access to the stuff before others. And, you know, you just got to know who to look for, what to read, what websites to go to, what Twitter handles to follow. Obviously, if somebody looks at my Twitter, my Twitter, the people I follow are not going to be these this key group of people. Obviously, I'm not going to be that dumb so that people could just copy my list. No, but we have you know, other anonymous Twitter accounts that we use. And we actually have, it's not even accounts that are, we have bots that actually follow these Twitter accounts and that know, and you just have to just figure out, you know what I mean? If, if the way I, I would go about it is if, if let's just say you found out that someone w- was out that, that you didn't know a, a person didn't play, call him Jim Jones. I'm just giving up a, a name that doesn't, you know, Jim Jones. Then you start looking. Who's the one that leaked this information first? Who's the one that told us that Jim Jones was not going to play? And then you could sort things by, if you look at Twitter or if you look at something else, you could sort by timestamp and then you'll be able to find out, okay, this was the first guy that actually got this info. He, he's somebody I should keep an eye on. Um, so, you know, you just learn by trial and error. And I think that once you build up enough of a database of people to look for, um, then, um, that's when you start growing and growing and growing and soon enough, you're ahead of the curve. Um, you know what I mean? It's very different in college sports than pro sports, pro sports. You know, if somebody coughs the wrong way, um, everyone's got to know about it. So there's so many different things there. It's, 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 it doesn't, it's not as, as big, um, like in the NFL or instance, but even in the NBA to some extent, you know what I mean? You got to know, um, where to look for and, uh, and, and what to do and then you know, how to react accordingly. Um, that's all the best advice I could give, Matt. I like it. And if step one is getting the right information, then step two might be to adopt some of the spanky lexicon, maximizing your earn. And last week on Be Better Betters, you had Jason Scott from the NGM on for an interview. And at the end of the conversation, money management briefly came up. I'd like to maybe build on that just a little bit and hear your approach to maximizing your earn, as you like to say, at the same time, keeping bankroll management in mind, doing that without overextending yourself. How does that dynamic work in your mind? Yeah. Um, so, you know, everybody got a right to earn. Everybody, you know, in order to earn, you got to be able to um, to live another day. And that, that's how I always look at it. Um, you got to have bullets to fire bullets to bet with money to bet with to be able to earn um unless you're playing on credit but if you can't pay it you know at the end of the week then that's another problem um in order to do so there's those you know like like you said chris andrew said i'm only as good as one bet you only got you, you can never fall in love with just one play you got to be able to keep things um as close to a flat stake as possible in my opinion um, you know what I mean? A lot of people do the Kelly betting or the half Kelly betting and all this other stuff. But at the same time, it's so hard to estimate your edge in these sports that, um, that, you know, usually for the, you know, my, my, my friend, Harry Crane wrote a great article from analytics.bet where, you know, usually when you overestimate your edge, you're probably wrong. You probably miss something. And, um, and, and, and then there's times in which where, where you have a small edge, you're betting less, but more or less those things even out. So you kind of want to just eliminate that, that, that risk, that variance and, um, and just, just chug away. Um, I think that I've seen so many gamblers think about EV, EV, that's all the shit you hear, EV plus EV, but expected value is only one part of the equation. The most important part of the equation is not to maximize EV, but actually to minimize risk. 
If you're able to minimize risk, sure, your bankroll will grow slower, but you won't go broke. You won't go busto. You won't be tapioca. Um, and, 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 and if you do something like that, you know, I mean, that's the thing. So I've seen so many guys that are so smart, that are so good at doing what they do that actually could beat sports with some discipline, but they don't have money management. They don't have discipline. They overbet their bankroll. And then all of a sudden, um, you know, they're behind the eight ball. They're up against it. They don't know what they're going to do. So, um, and how to pay the bookmakers, their, their reputation starts dwindling. And now what? So that's the thing. You got to be able to fight another day and slowly, but sure. Listen, I built my bankroll slow and short, slow and steady. Um, wasn't fast. I didn't go try to swing for, for the home run every time. Nah, just like a baseball analogy. So, you know, just hit a couple of singles. Just keep, if you're a great, you know, if you just keep hitting those singles, 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 you're going to score runs. Sure, you want to hit that home run and, and swing for the fences, but you know if you keep striking out, you might get cut. So it's um it's it, it, I, I like the more risk averse uh, strategy. Wise words, and to wrap up the betting part of this conversation before we talk all things bet bash, would also like to speak to something that came up in another podcast you were on recently. This time as a guest on Ed Bang's Football Analytics Show something that came up pretty quickly, but really resonated with me. So I'd like to dig into it a bit. You mentioned not being afraid to fail is one of the keys to what you do and standing the test of time. To that end, as you think back on your betting career, what would you describe as your biggest failure? And what would you say you learned from that? Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I I was doing so well, doing my top-down approach of just seeking out information, having the fastest technology. So then I said, okay, all these math guys are doing it. I, you know, I'm I'm not too shabby in math. I'm not a math expert. I tried to build models and stuff like that, and I had a baseball model, and it was it won until it lost. Um, I had we, we dabbled in the different sports, and then um, I, and, and every single time we tried to do that, I wind up losing. So then I said to myself, I'm like, what am I doing? Um, but I had the, you know, I've set aside a bankroll, and then you know we're able to. I, I was never going to go bust though. This was a side thing that I was doing. So then, you know, you lose a little bit and you realize, you know what, why uh, stick to what I'm good at? Um, it's so hard to be able to master one skill in this realm, to be able to try to then take on everything um, and, and be, you know, a bottom up and a top down guy and be the best at it. I said to myself, I'm wasting my time doing this bottom up stuff. That's for me personally to try to become, a, I, you know, there's so many great mathematical geniuses out there great data scientists out there that use all these different uh, methodologies. And I would rather have them on my team or have them as consultants to be able to uh, help uh, facilitate and help um, myself get to a certain level because I know what I bring to the table. I know that I bring technology. I know that I bring information. I bring outs. So I can't do it all. If you become the jack of all, you, you then wind up being the master of none. And I would rather be the master of one or two things and then real, uh, and then rely on other people and, and to be able to take ourselves as a team to the next level. And that's the biggest thing I learned. I just can't do it all. And um, sure, it might be uh, uh, stimu um, uh, 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 intellectually stimulating to try to take on all these tasks. But you know what? I'm at a point right now in which I don't, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm stimulated enough. I'm just trying to make as much money as possible. And, you know, it's, it could be, a, I had a little bit of a, you know, gusto to try to get things done and try to be able to, you know, 
solve the world all by myself and and crack the sports betting thing. And then I realized it's 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 a it's a cause that's impossible to do. I just can't compete with some of the world's best um out there. So let me figure out what I'm doing because most people can't do what I do. Most people don't have the networking and or have it. It took me 20 plus years to establish what I'm done. So I think for everybody out there, figure out what you're good at and then partner up with somebody that's good at what you're not good at. And then you all of a sudden create a synergy where two plus two equals five. And you both bring yourselves up. I love that answer. And I think it's a great segue to bet bash too. When you talk about the importance of relationship building and networking this event, I mean, it's going to be just the second one coming up here. I think it's already approaching status of being the pinnacle of sports betting networking if it's not already there and i think we can get into plenty of the nitty-gritty a lot of fun stuff on tap each day in vegas but just at a high level could you describe the event um i know you've spoken elsewhere about how you created it but where bet bash stands right now approaching the second one in las vegas just yeah kind of top line how do you view the status of the event so, Matt, you were at the first Bet Bash. You saw it all from the beginning. I appreciate you coming out supporting the event. Um, Bet Bash came from a, a, a self-interest need. Um, I like to be out. I like to have a good time. I like to talk to fellow betters. And I, I like to be able to not only help people out, but also help myself out and, and learn from other people. And I think that's something, because of the COVID, uh, we were missing. Uh, I used to go to the Sloan Sports Analytics Conference. I used to go to another conference, SBC. And um, all those conferences were gambling, sports gambling, or any form of gambling was never, uh, you know, for the Sloan, it was always a sliver. It was never the primary focus. Um, and for the SBC Americas, it wasn't about the better. It's more industry people, guys that are bookmakers, affiliates, technology, um, solutions and it's more for the corporate guys. Everybody out there is wearing a suit, shirt, and tie, um, you know. And it's all about the titles and all this stuff. And I, you know, I left corporate America a long time ago. That wasn't for me. So I said, how am I going to create something that's by betters? Myself being a professional sports better for betters to try to be able to bring sports betters together to be able to help each other out and all gamblers not just sports betters all betters together to be able to work with each other and help each other out and have a meeting uh that's outside of your your forums outside of your slack channels outside outside of your twitters um to get get away from that keyboard because so many people get so comfortable behind that keyboard or behind that that phone that we kind of miss that that social interaction and to be able to put, uh, you know, a face to a Twitter handle or a face to a voice or a face to something and to be able to just um, engage personally. So that's why I created Bet Bash. And um, I think that was missing in, in, in the in the realm of, uh, of our industry. And um, I, I figured I said, if there's anyone that could do it, I was waiting for somebody else to do it, but nobody picked the ball. So I said, you know what, if nobody's going to do it, I'm going to do it. And uh, I think I know enough people in the business that if I say, hey, listen, you mind coming to this? You might, you know, you might do me a thing. They're like, listen, this. and every single person I've asked, um, if they could make it, they're going to make it. And, and you know what I mean? I'm not paying anybody to come. None of that. You know what I mean? Guys are doing it out of respect for me, out of respect for our industry. And I can't thank people off because these people are busy men. These guys are legends. You know, the guys that you just mentioned, guys like Chris Andrews, who's been a bookmaker for so long. 
And I said, Chris, would you mind supporting the event? Coming out of your spanky, no problem. Jimmy Vaccaro, anything for you, kid? You know what I mean? They all, everybody's just so nice. Roxy, uh, yeah, no problem. I love everybody's just always so nice to me, telling me that, yes, spanky, I'll help support this because we want to bring the, our, our people together. And, um, we, you know, listen, don't get me wrong, too. These guys like to have a good time. You know what I mean? And, and it's kind of like a reunion type thing. So, it's it was a major undertaking to try to to try to bring all these legends to try to make sure everybody was available at that thing. I have to, you know, and and I, I hopefully listen. I hope it, it's a success. I think it will be. You know what I mean, I'm very confident, but we won't know until you know after it. Uh, so um, we'll see where we go. Well, let's dig into what's going on uh, between now and after the event. I think we can go through like the different pieces on the Bet Dash agenda maybe one at a time, and heads up for any listeners, I'll be sure to recap these all at the end so you don't have to scramble furiously to keep up. And Spanky, I'd like to start with, uh, for lack of a better term, what I think of almost like the core components, the morning and evening sessions bookending each day of Bet Bash, starting with Friday evening, April 1st, with the early check-in at Bar Canada. Could you walk us through your vision for those morning and evening sessions each day, you know, April 1st, through the championship game on Monday the 4th? Perfect. <laughs> So April 1st, um, we have an early check-in at Bar Canada. Um, you know, we wanted to do an early check-in because um, we, we don't want to have a, a line and we want to be able to get people um, in an informal setting, no pressure to be able to get their badges, to be able to, you know, get their, their, their bracelets that, that will allow them to get into all the events and their badges um, for the rest of the conference. So we wanted to do that in, an, in, in, in a bar setting at Bar Canada. Um, and we thought it was the perfect place. Bar Canada is such a beautiful venue. It was actually completed um, in March of 2020, and it just sat there because of the pandemic. So, um, you know, it, it, and, and now, of course, it's been open for a while, but it's such a great place, and I think it's a great, you know, Derek Stevens and the whole circus staff, um, are, I, I wanted to make it a point to be able to, to, to let every attendee uh, see all the beautiful components of each one of his resorts. So, and Bar Canada is one of those beautiful components, you know, one of those great amenities that he offers. So I said, let's do something at Bar Canada. And, you know, we all talked about it and said, yeah, that's perfect for the opening night. Um, so the opening night at Bar Canada, you know what I mean? Again, it's, it's, that night is just going to be, you know, they'll have drink specials and stuff. It's not going to be an open bar because it's like an unofficial thing. But, um, you know, everybody's going to be having a good time. Uh, you come next to me. I'm probably going to buy a few drinks, buy a couple of rounds. I'm not afraid um, to, to help uh, support it. But, you know, we're just going to make sure that 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 because we know that people are going to be coming later, going to be checking in the next day. We want to be able to streamline that. There's 300 and some odd guests. We want to help uh, ease my staff to not have a rush the next morning. Sounds great. So Friday night, off and rolling, unofficially. Then Saturday, I guess, the first official part of Bet Bash, if you will. Kicking off Saturday morning, why don't you tell us what you've got in store there? Okay. So Saturday morning, we're at the D, um, the convention space at the D. Uh, we're not, we're not, we can't use the, the circuit convention space. It's not really ready yet, but um, it's not fully developed. So we're going to be using that eventually for future Bet Bashes, hopefully. Um, so that's why we're doing, we're going with the D. Um, now the first thing is called the speed networking event. Um, and I got this idea from the first bet bash, Matt. Um, you know, you, you're a social butterfly. I saw you floating around the room. You're an easy guy to get along with and, and a great guy to talk to. 
unfortunately, not everybody has that 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 skill, that attribute that that, that they could count on. Um, and I saw a lot of really nice guys, guys I enjoy talking to, guys that I know are smart, guys that are very social. Once you get them out of their shell, uh, the problem is to get them out of their shell. Um, it takes a little bit. So um, I said, okay, let's do a speed networking. Speed networking is kind of like speed dating, but it's speed networking. What we're going to do is we're going to have people fill out a questionnaire that we're going to be emailing probably within a week or two um, that they're going to be able to fill out before Bet Bash. Um, it's going to be three questions. What are you, you know, essentially stuff about, you know, what stuff are you into? What kind of sports are you into? You know, what are you looking at? You know, what, what do you classify yourself as? Um, whether it be a sports better, a sports handicapper, an investor, uh, a guy that needs outs, uh, a guy that, you know, is, is a, as a modeler, a mathematical guy, a guy that's seeking employment, you name it, a guy that loves to bet hockey, you know, and then we'll all different sports and we're going to have all these classifications. And then it's going to say, who do you want to meet? What kind of guys do you want to meet? And then you rate each guy, each category between one to five stars. And then uh, my team at speednetworking.com has the algorithm that they're going to run to be able to essentially pair everybody up optimally um, with how everybody filled out those questions. So you're going to have about 15 five-minute meetings over the course of two hours um, where you're going to be able to introduce yourself. You, you give a two-minute speech. Let's just say, Matt, I'll say two minutes, and then we get, talk for one minute. Make sure, you know, I urge everybody coming to this part to be able to either have business cards business cards made up, or if you don't have a business card, just have 15 pieces of white paper in the shape of a business card. So instead of, you know, transcribing, um, you know, your, your, your info, to be able to just hand it off so that people know that they met you. I think that's important. Uh, important component because you are on a time and you want to be, you know, we want to be, you have, you know, after the five minutes is up, there's going to be a bell that rings and then the coordinator um, is going to say, okay, switch up. And then you're going to have, everyone's going to have their schedule either on their phone or printed out and saying, okay, meeting two now is going to be with John on table 52. So I'm going to go to table 52 and then the meeting will begin in a minute. And then I meet John and we talk for five minutes and meeting three is going to be uh, with with Tom on table four. So now I got to go and it's all in the same convention. It's all in the same conference room. So we give you like a minute or two to switch and then it just goes on and on and on. And I think that this way now, this is the first kind of the first official part of it. This now sets the tone. You just made 15 friends, some of which they're probably not going to be a good fit. Let's be honest. We're not going to try to pretend like you're going to fall in love with all 15 people but if you fall in love the way i look at it is if you fall in love with one guy or if you make a connection that we were talking about earlier matt that synergy if you could just create that 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 friendship that business friendship or that real world friendship with just one person the entire convention is worth it and then you guys then could go down. We're going to go down to the long bar or wherever you guys want to meet. Go grab a lunch or whatever. Say, hey, listen, I really enjoyed our conversation. You want to grab a drink? You want to grab a bite? Um, you know, and then you just go from there. I think it would be difficult for anybody listening to question the merit of what you just said, the rationale for having this as a kickoff event to the long weekend. But for some people, just understanding human nature it might be really uncomfortable and and to your point that's kind of the goal is to embrace that discomfort and lean into it from the get-go but if some people are on the fence maybe they're paying 500 dollars for a ticket and they're still not sure if they want to show up to this 
what kind of tips would you have for somebody who might not be the most social, but just one or two things to keep in mind to maybe ease their minds and show up Saturday morning to really hit their ground running with that bath? I would have, I would see, I would essentially have a one and a half to two minute speech in your mind. That's, that's, that, that you know what you're going to say to everybody um, there. And then, and then also be receptive on what you're trying to listen for and see if there's a connection. Um, you know, everyone's coming here. Listen, some people might just come to make new friends, have a good time, have a, have a bunch of drinks and that's it. That's great. We love those guys. Some people are going to be strictly business and want to be able to take their business to the next level. That's also great. Some people might want to do a little bit of both. That's also great. Whatever you want to do, you'll be able to do. But I urge everybody to participate in an event like this. I'm going to be doing the speed networking. So I'm going to be meeting 15 guys, and then I'm going to be telling them, and you know what I mean, it, it, you know, what we're looking for, whether it's, you know, it all depends on how I fill out the, the, the form. But I'm going to be meeting. I'm going to have my whole staff doing it. We want to be able to meet um new people and make new friends that's what it's all about i'm not you know i think that uh that you, you'll be surprised how you know it, it, the one thing i would tell everybody matt is this and you you kind of be you running a podcast a successful podcast having so many unique guests and stuff it's all about networking man it's all about friendships it's all about meeting people and you know how are you going to meet how are you going to meet new people if you don't put yourself out there um, sure, there's going to be duds. You're going to, and the first 30 seconds of the guy talking, you're probably going to say, oh man, this guy rubs me the wrong way. I'm not a fan. No problem. In four and a half minutes, it's going to be over. You're not going to have to talk to him again. Okay, that's fine. Um, so there's going to be duds, but you know, listen, I've had dud dinners where I'd go out to dinner with a guy that looked so good on paper where, oh man, this could lead to some big business. Um, 10 minutes into the dinner, um, I, I'm realizing, oh man, this guy's full of shit. This is, and, and I got to sit there for the two hours. You know what I mean? That sucks. Um, here, four and a half minutes, anybody can get through it. And um, I really urge everybody to give this a shot. Um, you know, again, everything's optional. Nobody has, nobody's forced to do anything. Um, another thing I will say is that my, my clerk is, is telling everybody, if you did buy multiple tickets to Bet Bash, my clerk is reaching out to somebody. If you bought two tickets, three tickets, four tickets, whatever number is, we're going to want individual emails for your purchase as well as names so that we can also have everybody fill out that profile if they want to participate in the speed networking. Even just purely selfishly, I'm so glad to be having this conversation right now because if you see me jotting anything down um, as we record this on video as well as audio, I made a note for the speed networking session. I think a good way to put some minds at ease, everybody can probably have a you know, one to two minute elevator pitch about what they do. And just having a little bit of prep, a few bullet points can really help to smooth out the process and maybe some anxiety. I think it's a great way to kick off the event and just getting to know people that can then be friends for, you know, the rest of the long weekend and perhaps beyond. And when you talk about business cards, a lot of people going probably won't have them. I know that I don't. And it's, it's worth considering if it makes sense to have them made up. But I'm even thinking something like me, you know, props and hops. I've got coasters with the podcast logo, like maybe something like that. I don't know. People can get creative, think outside the box, but something for people to remember you by a nice little takeaway for everybody you meet. And if just one of those turns into something big down the road, then I think it makes it all worthwhile. 100%. 100%. You hit the nail on the head. Hit the nail on the head. Beautiful. Well, not only is Saturday going to have the speed networking session, but it is also the day of the final four. Why don't we fast forward a few hours? Tell us what you've got cooking for 
stadium swim come the second game of the final four. Gotcha. So in between those things, in between both events, I just wanted to say, Matt, that it's pretty much free time, free reign. People could do whatever they want. However, we're going to have like meetups like that day. We're going to have like a meetup at the long bar down at the D. Um, so, you know, and I, I've instructed um, uh, the, the, the crew over there to make sure it's properly staffed for uh, for enough people. So we're going to we're going to be at the long bar. If people want to continue or just start their drinking early or they just want to have a good time and maybe follow up on one of those meetings. And again, everybody's going to be able to free to roam. You know, what I mean, it's Vegas. It's downtown Vegas. There's so many different great restaurants for lunch, for whatever. So you can go wherever you want. But if you know, we're going to have like a guide and, and a guide that we're going to give saying, listen, you want to continue the conversation, go to the long bar and then maybe have a drink there and then meet up with somebody. And then people could take that then from wherever they want to go. If they want to go have lunch at this place, if they want to go do whatever, it's, it's up to them. But now we have our final four watch party. So um, the final four watch party, there's two games that night. I think we're only going to be doing one of the games because it's just, you know, a watch party for five, six hours is, might be a little bit, you know, rough. Um, so we're going to do one, maybe one and a half of the games. You know, it's going to probably be the second game. We're going to be taking over the VIP section of the stadium swim. And um, what we're going to do is we're going to have an open bar. Beer buckets everywhere, cocktail waitresses, two bartenders, everybody's serving whatever cocktails you want, all different types of food. You know, listen, it's not gourmet food, but it's that alcohol absorbing food, you know, good, you know, just so that you can watch the game type food and then a, a drink to your heart's content. Enjoy the game. Um, stadium swim. I know people have seen pictures for people that haven't been there in person. It's absolutely phenomenal. Um, and, and, you know, that's another uh, is talk about one of the beautiful crown jewels of the entire Circa uh, resorts. Um, Stadium Swim is is, is, is easily one of the, is right up there. Um, and just imagine being able to enjoy the game there. And uh, listen, if people want to go swimming, they, they could. If you want to bring your swimsuit, whatever you want to do. Or if you want to just not and just, just drink and have be drink, uh, eat, drink, and be merry, you could do that as well. Um, and that's just to be able to, again, follow up on the networking, re maybe uh, talk, follow up with some of the relationships that you had earlier in your speed networking, see some old friends that you haven't seen in a while, make new friends. Again, promoting the networking, making friends. That's what it's all about. All these conventions, all these conferences, and I've been to several, nothing is more important than the networking aspect of it. That's the most important thing where you're at a bar, you're at a thing, you're at an event, and you're drinking, eating, or talking to people and learning about themselves and talking to each other and helping each other out. So um, I think that that's, um, that'll be a fun event, and I can't wait for that. That's going to be a really good time. Safe to assume Bet Bash going to get off with a bang on Saturday the 2nd between the speed networking in the morning, the stadium swim, final four watch party in the evening, you mentioned a meetup in between that's not an official part of the event, but can be a good way for people to connect as well. And um, as we continue to work through some of the core morning and evening components um, afterward, I know we can also touch on optional seminars and meetups taking place each day. But looking at Sunday morning, um, for those you know who aren't too hungover from the night before, and I'd say don't get too hungover the first night of the conference, because Sunday morning may be one of the best parts of the entire Bet Bash. Why don't you walk us through what's in store then? Absolutely, Matt. So yeah, that's a great advice. I think Matt that you just did. You know what I mean. You got to you got to pace yourself here. 
<laughs> you got three open bars over three nights, plus other optional drinking parts of it. Uh, you know what I mean? I know everybody loves, you know, to have a good time and stuff, but don't, uh, you know, don't get zonked out that first night and miss out on the rest of the conference. Um, okay, so Sunday morning, that's where we're going to have our panels. That's kind of like the uh, the presentation part of it, the, 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 the keystone speakers. We're going to have four panels there. Um, the four panels, the um, and we, we're about to announce uh, probably next week, uh, Matt Metcalf is very is, is, is helping me design these panels. We've announced one panel already and the participants. The panel is going to be called Stardust Memories, where we're going to be going back in time with the, the, the guys that helped lay the groundwork that took the Stardust and made it the most prominent sports book in the Las Vegas and changed the, 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 not only the Las Vegas bookmaking scene, but changed the entire bookmaking scene around the United States of America. The Stardust line is the line that shaped the New York line, the Pittsburgh line, the Philly line, the LA line, Chicago, Milwaukee, all around the country. People wanted to know what, who had the Stardust, what did the Stardust hang? Richard Schutz on my podcast, who was, who was on my podcast, he's going to be a panelist. Roxy Rotsberg, uh, who was the, was the uh, casino, um, uh, he was ran the, uh, the Stardust and was Scotty Shetler's boss, who was the head bookmaker at the Stardust, and Roxy Roxborough, who headed the LVSC, the Las Vegas Sports Consultants. So those are the three panelists, um, and we're just going to let them talk, share some memories, and talk about how the Stardust was so influential and how it impacted the entire Bet, uh, sports betting landscape as we know it today. Um, when I say that this line influenced the entire country, Richard Schutz on my podcast told me that uh, the Stardust had 14 payphones outside um, uh, the, the, the hotel, the casino. And the, uh, the I, I think AT&T, whoever was running those payphones, Bell or whatever, they, they told Richard Schutz, they said, I don't, what's happening over there? Because in the entire United States of America, the highest 14 grossing payphones are your 14 payphones <laughs> at the Stardust. So you could just imagine all the, you know, calls to New York, to LA, to Pittsburgh, to Philly, to Chicago on giving guys rundowns on what the lines are and all the updates. Those payphones, this is before cell phones in the mid 80s, early mid 80s. This is before any of that. And this is how information was transmitted back then and you could only imagine how all those those cell phones were just so used uh, over and over and over again so it really was it's, it's such a uh, incredible um thing that this you know that the uh, incredible uh, milestone i guess in the timeline of las vegas sports betting I'll just jump in with a quick anecdote that I've heard. I've heard people looking back fondly on those Stardust days saying that the path from the sports book at the Stardust to those payphones might have been the most well-worn path in all of Las Vegas. And I hear that it was a sprint, not a, not a brisk walk or a jog, but people had to hustle to make sure that they were relaying the information in time. So some legendary stuff. I know it seems like the world has changed in so many ways since then, and it has. But at the same time, I like to think that to a large extent, history is often the same thing, repeating itself over and over again. So this will be a fun look back. But I think a lot of us attending that panel will be surprised at how much we can take away from it in a forward looking sense. So I cannot wait for Stardust Memories. And I also want to note that 
There are three other panels taking place. And to clarify, I'll let you get into those. But these will not be sequential, right? So if somebody wants to attend Stardust Memories, they're not necessarily boxing themselves out of another opportunity. Um, yeah, exactly. They will be sequential. They're going to be running one after the other. Yeah, so um, they're not going to be running concurrently. So you can't, you'll be able to – every panel is in its own time slot. Um, yes, absolutely, Matt. So yes, you'll be able to attend all the panels, um, and um, and and you know it's it's going to be a great time. Let me talk about the other three panels. The other three panels, I'm just going to tell you the ethics of sports betting, um, the art of bookmaking, and the art of sports betting. Um, those are the three panels. Now. Um, these three panels are are you know Matt, like I said, Matt Metcalf and I we've designed them and uh, Matt did a lot of this, you know, I'm not going to, I want to give Matt credit where credit is due. He's the one that really thought of, about a lot of this stuff. And I think it was just an incredible, let me read to you because I have a kind of a description on what each panel does. The ethics and sports betting panel, this panel discusses the bookie better relationship and how it has changed over time. It touches on the expected yet unspoken etiquette from both sides of the counter. Topics include, but are not limited to, past posting, betting both sides of the same game, betting the game in the money line or the game in the first half on the same ticket, steam chasing, injury knowledge, bet delays, limits, and bad lines. Um, and this is going to be a panel. We're not going to announce the panel, but I will announce the moderator of this panel will be David Purdom from ESPN. So I've never even mentioned that yet. So that's going to be an exclusive to the Props and Hops podcast. Um, Dave Purdom has agreed um, to be able to moderate this panel. We'll be announcing all the panelists again, probably within a week. Um, Awesome. Any, any, uh, what do you think of that one, Matt? I love it. Yeah, keep the exclusive coming where you can. Uh, Yeah, David uh, Purdom, I know he's talked to a lot of guys I really respect over the years. And I mean, the topic, I'd heard you describe it elsewhere. And to know that he'll be moderating it, um, let's just say I was already really excited for this batch of panels Sunday morning at Bet Bash. That does nothing to damper the enthusiasm. The bar feels like it's impossibly high right now, but somehow I feel like it's going to be met, if not exceeded. I appreciate it. Um, Now let's talk about the art of bookmaking. The art of bookmaking then and now. (laughs) Excuse me. Bookmaking has been around since the beginning of time. This panel focuses on the evolution of bookmaking and what skills are required to maintain a profitable bookmaking operation. Topics include, but are not limited to in-house handicapping, player profiling, player limiting slash banning, line movement, charting, market consensus, marketing, and player retention. So this panel, we're going to have a bunch of bookmakers on there. And we're going to talk about different uh, methodologies on what they do um, that what what you know what's good, what's bad, kind of a as as betters in the audience, and even as other bookmakers who will be in attendance are going to look and say, what can I pick up from some of these guys? What can I learn? What can I what can I do better? And what do I really do well? So I think that you know as a better, um, you kind of want to understand the philosophy behind bookmaking, and I think this is an important part. Even though this is a betters conference, I think uh, the better should understand. Um, what these bookmakers go through and how it is to run a bookmaking operation, um, you know, and, and, I, and, and this is, a, I think, an important part of that. So we're going to go into the art of bookmaking. That's the next one. Last but not least is going to be the panel that I think a lot of people are going to be really, they don't want to miss. Uh, if there's one panel, Stardust Memories is probably the not must-see panel, but this is going to be big. This is the art of sports betting. This panel, now this is more f- geared towards uh, the semi-pro, 
the guy that won, or even the pro, you will get some knowledge out of this. This panel dives into the art of sustainability and betting actual dollars and making a living. Once you get to a certain level of sports betting, winning becomes inevitable. The most important factor then becomes longevity. Maintaining accounts and relationships without getting severely limited or thrown out. The methods, uh, and then and then the, the panel will dive into what to do and what not to do to keep the urn alive. I will not discuss the methods uh, anywhere on, on the topics that we're going to be discussing in this panel. Um, but I will tell you that, you know, this is some good stuff. We're getting some of the world's, some really good top betters that I respect fully. Um they're going to be uh, they're going to be talking about this, and I think everybody could pick up a nugget or two at this panel. I think this, you know, you'll learn some stuff here. Um, you know, that th- that could definitely go a long ways in your betting career. Absolutely. And that's the panels. And I know that a short while after the panels wrap, there will be a couple of optional seminars as well as a meetup. We'll touch on those shortly. I don't want to give them short shrift right now, sticking with these core components. But tell us about the Legacy Club event on Sunday night. Uh, again, circling back to a few minutes ago, talking about people not getting too overzealous the first night of the conference, because if nothing else, you're going to be in good shape uh, if you can help it come Sunday evening at the Legacy Club. Absolutely. I did want to mention we're going to have two panels, a lunch break, a catered lunch break. We got catering from Coney Island Hot Dogs. I don't know if anybody's a hot dog guy, but these hot dogs are some of the best um, Coney Island hot dogs, and then um, and then we're gonna have another two panels. So there's gonna be a lunch break that people can eat again, congregate in that in that Detroit ballroom over up at the D. Um, okay, uh, and that's a catered lunch. That's on us. Next is gonna be the Legacy Club. This is again the most. This will be the most um, the elegant. There's no sports that night. Um, there might be NBA games because MLB is not going to be starting on time. Um, it looks like so. There's not going to be baseball. There's probably going to be some NBA games, but I don't even know how long they'll run. So it's essentially there's no sports at all. Um, it's going to just be um, betters and 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 getting together. The 60th floor of the circuit. You guys can look at the pictures of the Legacy Club. Panoramic view of the entire strip from the downtown perspective in the Vegas Valley. Um, there is a dress code, and this is very important, and we can't stress this enough. Um, you have to listen. Nobody has to know. It's not a shirt and tie. It's not a black tie. You just can't wear, you know, athlete. You can't wear sneakers. You can't look like a bum. We have exactly what the dress code is. I would look sharp. I would dress to impress. Um, and um, I know, you know what I mean, we're, as sports betters, that's a hard thing to do, including myself. You know, I come to work in shorts and a t-shirt. Look, you know what I mean. This is I just I was working today. I'm I'm in a hoodie. You can't rock a hoodie at at, at, at the at the Legacy Club. This is a, a really beautiful uh, uh, venue, and um, and there again, open bar, eight to eleven. Um, we're gonna have hors d'oeuvres being passed around for everybody to enjoy. Again, these hors d'oeuvres, I would definitely plan on having dinner beforehand. I wouldn't go into the Legacy Club thinking, man, I'm gonna have a dinner there. No, these are just passed around hors d'oeuvres. Again, if you haven't had, a, if you had a light dinner, if you didn't get a chance to get a bite, we're there for you. But you know, um, it's just hors d'oeuvres. But it's gonna be open bar, and they're gonna have some incredible drinks there. Uh, it's a really, really high end, awesome, awesome venue. I think you gave a good tip on not just getting dinner beforehand, but the dress code. And as much as we can encourage people to check it out. If anybody, you know, just isn't going to do that, I can go ahead and read it. I'm looking at it right now. So just to cover our bases there, Legacy Club dress codes, 
requires clean and well-maintained closed-toed shoes, swimmer sandals, shorts, ball caps, and knit hats, graphic-worn tees, sports apparel, hooded sweatshirts, exceedingly torn and baggy clothing, and athletic shoes are not permitted. Just getting that out there so everybody can plan accordingly because this is an event not to be missed. Yeah, the last thing you want to do, and we're going to send reminders on Friday night at Bar Canada. I'm going to make an announcement saying, guys, if you didn't pack up, um, you know, you know, some some nice gear to be able to get to the Legacy Club, you got 48 hours to go to somebody and go buy just a, a collared shirt. You know what I mean? And just be able to, you know. So I, we're going to send reminders over and over again. But I can't stress this enough. Um, the last thing we want to do is turn people away, and they will turn people away. Um, you know what I mean? They're not going to sacrifice um, their uh, their status and, and their dress code for us, um, and I don't expect them to do so. You know what I mean? Because it's we're, we're, this is not they're not springing this on us last minute. This is very well established. It's on our website, and um, it's on their website, and we're announcing it even here and, and in multiple places. So please, guys, come dress to impress, um, and um, and and don't you know. Don't get uh, shut out. To sum it up, to quote Ron Burgundy, stay classy, wise words to live by. And the good news, come Monday morning, and it's not too early Monday morning, the bookie better breakfast doesn't have to be quite as classy. Why don't you let us know what's in store there? Yeah, so the people that have survived until Monday, which we hope you have, (laughs) uh, (laughs) you know what I mean? Because, you know, uh, the bookie better breakfast. So this is, um, again, this is something that, I kind of, uh, I thought, you know, there's going to be a lot of, a lot of people at Bet Bash that people are going to really want to be able to speak to. And again, by this time, you pretty much would have at least had a chance to speak to everybody you want to speak to, but maybe not. So this is going to be one of those things in which we're going to have tables of 11, where there's going to be one special, very famous bookmaker or better, and then 10 paid guests. And it's going to be randomly assigned. So you can't, you know, and then you're going to be able to then to sit and have a beautiful catered buffet breakfast, eggs, toast, bacon, sausage, all that fresh fruit, juice, whatever, you, you know, and, and everyone's going to um, enjoy that time to be able to then have not a one-on-one, but a 10-on-one essentially conversation. And also you'll be making new friends also at that table where you'll be able to understand, you know what I mean? Because, and these guys are legends. I'm talking about, these are the people that I mentioned, like a Jimmy Vicaro, a Chris Andrews, a Vinny Maiulo. And then there's other guys there. You know what I mean? I'm not, we're, we're mentioning names, a Roxy Roxborough, Scotty Shuttler, Richard Schutz. And, and the list goes on and on and on. Vic Salerno, Robert Walker, guys um that are, you know, and we'll have profiles. We're probably going to be making a, a, um, a booklet we're going to try to be making a booklet and kind of give a profile of everybody that's going to be at the Bookie Better Breakfast kind of explaining their legacy and, and what they've done for the business. This is not um, – and we kind of, you know, we, 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 you know and, and everybody, this is, you know, they've, they've had such a huge impact on the business from either side of the counter, and they're world-recognized or at least nationally recognized as, as an expert in their craft. So I think this is going to be something great to be able to bring – kind of um bookies and better together bookies and betters together and enjoy uh beautiful we should have probably called it the bookie better brunch because it's more brunch than breakfast <laughs> but um but that's the name we went with so we'll see we'll go with it looking forward to it whatever we want to call it and one thing i wanted to follow up on here after seeing a tweet from the bet bash account in september 
mentioning that early bird ticket holders would get first dibs on requesting where they wanted to sit. I yes. mean, after I saw Roxy's video today talking about bet bash drinkers, gamblers, degenerates, desperados, I, I would just love to get to, you know, sit with him and hear some of his stories. But uh, is that indeed a perk that early bird ticket holders are going to have? That is the that is the perk that early bird ticket holders. I did not mention that, and I'm glad you told me about that. We are going to email all early bird ticket holders, and they're going to get first dibs on who they get to sit next to once the list is finalized. Um, and then everybody else will be randomly assigned. We want to be able to thank our early bird guys that came in that knew they were going to come and support the event. Um, not only did they receive a discounted price, but they also will be able to choose who they'll be able to sit next to at the Book You Better Breakfast. Um, we are going to have a few mystery guests there. So some people, this is a gambling convention. You could gamble if you want, and you could say, I would like to sit next to mystery guest number three. Now, mystery guest number three, we don't know who that is, but believe me, um, <laughs> it's going to be somebody that, that I respect and that is very well respected um, in the business. So I can't tell you who them, if there's, we are going to have a few mystery guests there. Most of the names are going to be filled in, but there will be a few mystery guests just to keep, you know, the gamble in it and stuff. And I kind of don't, there's some people that, you know, I'm probably not going to really publicize it, you know, and we don't really know. It's kind of like a last minute thing. So we'll see, but, um, but yes, you will definitely early birds will definitely be able to get the chance um, to choose. Um, I did want to mention Sunday in the beginning, in the middle of the day, I forgot to mention that, uh, Matt, if we could go back to that between the panels and the Legacy Club, would mm -hmm. you mind if we just rewind Let's a little it. bit? Sure. So we're going to be going um, in the middle of the day. I, we, I talked to the people at the Gold Spike, which is a block away from the D. The Gold Spike used to be a casino, but now it's just kind of like a bar. It's an, um, and we're going to be going to the Gold Spike, and we're going to be going to the backyard area of the Gold Spike, where, again, there's going to be a bar there. Um, and if people want to congregate there, we invite everybody to go there. Um, and there's going to be a life-size Jenga, I think, ping pong, shuffleboard, all these different things. And it's in a backyard setting. There's going to, we're going to, they're going to be properly staffed if, and, and to be able to just kind of change up a little bit and get a little bit of a different look and feel outside of the casino environment. Um, that's going to be at the Gold Spike on Sunday afternoon between the panels and the Legacy Club. Got it. So we've got Sunday, the panels, then the meetup at the Gold Spike, followed by the Legacy Club. Monday morning slash early afternoon, we talked bookie better breakfast slash brunch, if you will. And then that's not all. There's one more event among these core components for Bet Bash. Tell us what's in store for Monday evening at the Circus Sportsbook. Perfect. And then Monday afternoon, we're probably going to meet at the Mega Bar. Again, an unofficial meeting. We're going to just probably direct people towards there, which is kind of right by the Circus Sportsbook. So if they want to be able to meet ahead of time, either at the Mega Bar or the, uh, the other bar there, I forgot. But I think it's going to be the Mega Bar. And then finally, Monday night is going to be the, the, the final event of Bet Bash. It's going to be the championship game watch party. Um, and the way this NCAA tournament is shaping out, you know, a lot of these number one, uh, a lot of the, they said the top six seeds just a couple of days ago lost. So this tournament is going to be very competitive. And I think it's going to be, uh, I really believe this is, could be one of the best tournaments we've ever had. Um, we're going to have the championship game. We're locking up the entire VIP section of the circus sports book. Um, and we're going to have, uh, uh, all you, uh, all you can drink, open bar. There's going to be, again, cocktail waitresses, beer buckets, anything you want. 
boom, boom, boom. We're going to have Victory Burger. So we're going to have Victory Burger and we're going to have the barbecue place. I forgot the name of it. I always, uh, I, I lose, I lose track of the barbecue, but they're both going to be providing food for us. So we're going to have wings, burgers, brisket, pulled pork, rib, whatever it is. Um, eat to your heart's content. And, um, and that'll all again is included um, for all the Bet Bash attendees while we enjoy the championship game on that beautiful sports book on that giant big screen, which um, is probably going to be, I don't know what else they're going to have. Um, now there's probably some NBA there too, so there maybe a little hockey, but for the most part, it's going to be, that's going to be the, the, obviously the primary focus um, of that. And that'll be the last, uh, the last event of Bet Bash, the, the championship game. And, um, and by then, hopefully, uh, people and you know it's beautiful you know it's a great thing to, to end off as a championship game and um i hope then um by then people would have made new friends and and uh and created memories that'll last forever absolutely no shortage of opportunities to do that and beyond all these morning and evening events we've touched on there's even more to it than that we've alluded to it at a couple of times and we can dig in now some optional seminars that you and your team have organized these are going to be happening between the morning and evening events each day. And these are also, as of pretty recently, I believe, open to non-Bet Bash ticket holders if people still want to attend. So why don't you give us a rundown there? Yeah. <laughs> so we thought, you know, I mean, let me give you the, 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 the reasoning behind these optional seminars. Um, there are people, certain people out there, one of them, including myself, that love education, that just want to keep learning. So I figured, okay, guys, you know, some people want to party, but they want to just keep the, the learn, not just to earn alive, but to learn alive. How do you do that? You, you know, so w there's gaps. Instead of meeting at the, at the gold spike or instead of meeting at the long bar, the mega bar, what could you do to fill in that gap? Maybe there might be another interest out um, that could help uh, add to your sports gambling knowledge. Um, or, or sports betting knowledge, and these are not just sports betting. There are these are seminars that are going to be run um, based on different genres. So Saturday is going to be our sports modeling seminar. So that one will focus now to get into the math. My friends at Analytics.Bet, Philip Maimon and Harry Crane, both professors and Plus EV Analytics, who most people know on on Twitter, they're going to be teaching a two-hour seminar where they're going to be giving you, um, and, you know, great information. Um, you're definitely going to get something out of it, learn kind of what their process is. On top of that, if you attend that seminar, they, they will be offering a $500 credit to any future classes they offer. So essentially they're saying here, here's 300 bucks, come to the seminar if you want to take a future class. And if not, no problem. It's 200 bucks and Harry guarantees me that the stuff he's going to talk about is going to be worth way more than the 200 people are paying. Um, these are, again, optional, but they're also... Um, if people don't want to come to Bed Bash, they want to attend the seminars, we wanted to give people the uh, opportunity that already purchased tickets to Bed Bash to attend these seminars, and now we're opening it up, but we're only limited to about 25 to 30 seats tops, um, so this is very limited. Um, once it goes, it goes, uh, and then we can't, because it's going to be in a separate room um, at the D, um, and it's not, you know, it's going to be heavily guarded. Um, we're going to have one of my clerks there that's going to make sure that, you know, only people that have proper tickets and credentials that can go in and out of this. Because, you know, a lot of the real, real good secret stuff will be talked about in these seminars. 
So the sports modeling seminar takes place on Saturday. We have three other optional seminars. The other two that will take place on Sunday are the horse racing seminar. Uh, to be able to, my, uh, Emily Gullickson, who I met, she's from Optics EQ, um, who I talked a lot to, uh, to some of the best horse betters out there, saying, what do you use to be able to handicap horse racing? What's the best thing out there? They go, well, Emily Gullickson and Optics EQ, she has the software that kind of um, charts and, and kind of helps predict uh, future races. Um, again, uh, horse racing is not my thing, but some people I know love it. And if that's your thing, if that's what you're into, Emily is 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 uh, uh, great at her craft, and and again that seminar, all the seminars are priced at one ninety nine, but she's given I think a hundred and fifty dollar credit to her website to be able to use for a month. Um, the next one is going to be advanced blackjack card counting with Colin Jones. Um, Colin runs blackjackapprenticeship.com. He has uh, he has uh, led teams. Um, and there's a whole documentary if you Google him and he'll be able to, he read, he led a whole teams where they've won, I think close to a million dollars as, as blackjack card counters. When it comes to blackjack education, blackjackapprenticeship.com is the go-to if you want to be able to learn how to beat the game of blackjack in the 21st century. Colin will be offering a hundred dollar gift certificate to his, to any future, one of his classes, as well as a free signed copy of his book, um, beating blackjack in the 21st century. Last but not least, for all you poker guys out there, on Monday, the seminar is going to be Phil Galfund. I uh, asked one of my friends in the poker world, who is the go-to poker educator, the best of the best? He goes, that's easy, Phil Galfund. Uh, Phil Galfund runs runitonce.com, which educates people um, using unbelievable, you know, analytics on, on poker hands and strategies. And, you know, I'm, I'm a losing poker player, so I can't comment on how to beat the game. Um, and now I think I'm even a bigger loser with, with the, the tools that some of these guys have. So if you want to up your poker game and get good at poker, Phil Galfund, just to talk with this guy, um, costs thousands of dollars just to have a consultant with him. He's that good. World, three World Series of Poker bracelets under his belt. Um, plays heads-up matches, uh, big, big money games. The guy is very successful, and um, he's given us, because of our, you know, we have mutual friends, and because he's a fan of the event, he's decided to give his time and donate his time to help support Bet Bash. And again, this is, you know, this thing is, 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 is absolutely incredible um, when it comes to poker education. Anybody that knows anything about poker education knows that Phil Galfon is the man. Um, so, And that's the optional seminars. We kind of try to give a little bit of everything for everybody. Um, and again, some people have bought super tickets. We have a super seminar ticket. So each seminar costs 200 bucks. But if you buy a super ticket and want to attend all four seminars, that's 600 bucks. So essentially it's buy three, get one free. Um, and we've had a, a few purchases of those just because guys want to soak it all in. Um, and that's great. You could do that. Um, or you could just say, you know what, I just want to attend the, the, the poker seminar. I'm not really interested in the other stuff or this or that. So it's a thing. I want to give options to people if they want to, you know, scratch an itch. Um, you know, I'm probably going to be attending one or two seminars myself. I'm not going to say which ones, but uh, there's a couple ones that I think are going to be uh, pretty valuable and things that I've always, there's certain, certain gambling that I've always been in love with. So I think that, uh, that you know, the, it's going to be um, such a, 
an opportunity if people want to go beyond sports betting and if they want to actually go deeper into sports betting with sports modeling, they can do so. Sorry for being so long-winded. Sorry for being so long-winded there. Perfectly fine. I think the line just shot up to about minus a thousand that Spanky will be attending the science of sports betting (laughs) optional seminar. So if anybody's paying attention, reading between the tea leaves, feel free to plan accordingly. And for those who are interested in maximizing the bet bash experience, uh, but maybe uh, can't afford the extra cost of some of the seminars, we've touched on some meetups also happening between each day's morning and evening festivities. And I'll just summarize it with a quick rundown here. The afternoon of Saturday, April 2nd, the long bar at the D. Sunday, April 3rd, the gold spike. And Monday, April 4th, the mega bar at Circa. And Spanky, correct me if I'm wrong. Again, these are no extra cost. And I believe it's a situation that won't see open bars, but might have some drink specials or something like that going on for Bet Bash attendees. Yeah, I know the gold spike has given us $4 drafts, $4 domestics, I think, um, at the gold spike. I, they sent me their drink specials, I forgot, but I just told them to take care of my people. You know what I mean? So um, I didn't really, you know, and yeah, we're going to have, they're going to be drink specials all over the place. And yeah, this is, you know, um, if somebody wants to just come out and meet some people, there's gonna these are unofficial events, but just to keep the hope alive. Again, there's people are gonna have to make time to go to lunch and dinner and stuff like that. So I don't think people are gonna be there from from you know start to finish. But for people to pop in and out, you know, after let's just say you have a lunch on Saturday, all right, where should I go to meet some more bet bash people? Well, it's they're probably gonna be at the long bar because that's where that's what's in the schedule. So you go to the long bar and you're pre- pretty much guaranteed if we put it in the schedule that people will be at the long bar. Someday, oh yeah, they're probably at the gold spike. Let's go check it out. You know, after lunch or maybe we'll go have a drink and then maybe have lunch. Whatever people want to do. Um I get the sense that Bet Bash is going to be sold out soon if it's not already. So just a quick question before we dig into that. For non-Bet Bash attendees, are these meetups at the Long Bar, Gold Spike, and Mega Bar, are those still open to the public? And it's just a way for people to possibly, without getting the full experience, maybe to borrow another phrase of yours, maybe wet their beaks a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, we're, we can't. These are public places, so we can't. We're not ticketing uh, these optional, uh, these uh, extra things. If people, you know, what I mean, we love people to support the event, but I'm not going to stop anybody if they want to go there, um, and if they want to be able to, you know, come to the long bar. That's a, that's a public place. So sure, you know what I mean. If you can't afford it, come on out. Even if you're not a bet bash attendee, you might be able to run into somebody, make a new friend. Um, and if you don't want to, if you can't afford the price. Um, no problem. You know what I mean? It, 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 do, you know, whatever, whatever you feel as if you want to do, you could do. I strongly urge you buy a ticket and attend everything. But if you can't, if your times are tough, um, then by all means, try to seek uh, out one of these other events. No problem. Yeah, personally, I'm relieved to hear it because one of my best friends out in Vegas, my good friend Ryan, he and his wife just had their first child. So Ryan and Jess, if you're listening, once again, congrats. Can't wait to meet Miles. Um, and they're not going to be able to be at this whole event as new parents, but maybe I can lure them out to, you know, one of the meetups. So even for people who are going as ticket holders, but want to see other people, you know, this is a great opportunity to work that in. Absolutely. So. Congratulations to them. And um, um, yes, at, you know, come on down and you don't have to pay a penny to some of these events so that then, and you'll help support the event in respect to the Circa. And even if you want to not come in you know, on Sunday, you go to the gold spike. 
come on down there. They'll, they'll probably be, there's definitely going to be a life size Jenga game going on, or or um, or whatever. And you know, and, and uh, some people are going to be playing some stuff and having a good time. And the weather, I think, in early April in Vegas, we're talking high seventies, low eighties. It's like pretty damn close to perfect as you could ask for. I think so. Um, well, we'll see. Uh, um, but I, I really can't wait for this, Matt. Yeah, we lucked out with good weather for Bet Bash 1 in Jersey City, and it looks like it's probably going to be more of the same for Bet Bash 2. Spanky, one more thing beyond the Friday to Monday events we've covered, and I can edit this out if you prefer that I do it, um, but I have the sense that there might be uh, maybe another exclusive here for those arriving a little bit early, Thursday, March 31st, that evening, maybe something a little special cooking at the D. Absolutely. So my friend Alan Boston is going to be, if you guys want to come in early, he's going to be running a movie night. Um, and we're, he's going to be uh, airing California Split. This is, you don't have to be a Bet Bash attendee. You don't have to have a ticket. You just come and show up. There's going to be a cash bar. Um, and he's going to be able to, you could watch the movie. And after you watch the movie, he's probably going to be talking about the movie. Uh, it's one of his favorite movies. It's his favorite gambling movie of all time. He told me he's working on trying to have the guy that wrote the movie show up, who actually lives in Vegas. So that'll be a real treat as well. Um, and uh, he's really – and Alan Boston's going to be, again, one of the attendees at Bet Bash as well, so he's looking forward to that. And, and you know, this California split um, is going to be is going to be great. I don't know if anybody's seen the movie, but uh, I'm sure that, you know, he he's, um, loves the movie and, and, and you know – Hearing him when he's passionate about something, uh, you know, it's pretty exciting to watch that. So I think it's going to be a good time if you come out a day early, March 31st at the D. 7 Hell p.m. Yeah. start. Count me in for that. And it's funny because just last week <laughs> I had on Timothy Lawson of The Better Life, a friend I met in person for the first time at Bet Bash 1. And when I asked him about some of his favorite gambling movies because he's got an encyclopedic knowledge of that, California split was the first thing he mentioned. So I just couldn't wait to, you know, kind of get this out into the open. I think a lot of people are going to enjoy that Thursday, the 31st at the D. So if it's all right with you, thank you. I'll jump into a rapid fire recap. So everybody who's been listening along, you know, here it is just the quick bullet points. Thursday, March 31st, 7 p.m. at the D California split Friday, April 1st, early check-in at bar Canada that evening, Saturday, April 2nd, things really get rolling. We've got speed networking in the morning, an optional seminar in the afternoon on the science of sports betting, also an optional afternoon meetup at the Long Bar. In the evening, we've got a Final Four Stadium swim watch party. Turning the page to Sunday in the morning, four expert panels with a catered lunch in between, two optional seminars after that covering horse betting and blackjack, an optional meetup at the Gold Spike, and in the evening, the cocktail party at the Legacy Club, dress accordingly. Monday the 4th in the morning slash afternoon, bookie better breakfast, more brunch time hours, fortunately for the, those of us who plan to fully take advantage of the Legacy Club. Uh, after that breakfast, an optional seminar covering poker, an optional meetup at the Mega Bar at Circa, and then capping it off, a college basketball championship game watch party, the VIP section of the Circa Sportsbook. Does that pretty much cover it? Is that all you've got for us? I mean, that, 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 <laughs> two minutes to rattle it off. That was perfect, man. I couldn't. I wish I, I need that sound clip and I'll make a sound clip of that, buddy, and I'll, I'll retweet that because you did it. You said it perfect. That's uh, that's exactly what it's all about. That's um, 
that's it, man. That you know what I mean. If that doesn't get you excited, and I'm trying to, I, we're, we're slowly announcing all these guests. Roxy just put out a video today about degenerates and and desperados and gamblers and all this stuff. And he goes, "Yep, sounds like my kind of crowd." You know, my I'll be there. So yeah, it, it's I'm telling you, it's it's this is um it's gonna be so good. There's so many cool people there, and everyone is just so down. Or I'm telling you, it's like a family. When you bet sports, Matt, and we're all in this, you're in this, you become sort of like a family, you know what I mean? And sure, in the gambling Twitter world, there's a lot of meanies out there, a lot of guys are mean, but with the people that actually, you know, come out from behind their keyboard and, and, and out of their mom's basement and, and actually meet people, those are the guys that are the regular guys, and everybody's so friendly, um, and everybody really just wants to be able to to get better at their craft and get better at what they're doing, and and um and this is the opportunity guys this is you know what i mean this is something that god if i was starting out i would be so all over this and i'm i'm all over this and i'm a pro i'm excited to come here and i and i do this for a living but i know i'm going to learn i know i will learn things there's you know there's guys i'm not going to mention names but there's a professional gambler a friend of mine who told me, and this guy is one of the best, you know, what he does, he told me I'm going to go out there because maybe I could learn something. And let me tell you something, for somebody on on his status, stat, status to say, I want to learn something, that to me is like, a, a knocked my, you know, grounded me like, damn. If he says he can learn something, then we all can learn something. So um, I'm telling you, there's going to be a lot of big names there, a lot of good times and who knows? It's the Sunday night of Bet Bash is actually the Grammys. And a lot of these guys at the Grammys, you know what I mean? They're going to know where's the party at. And it's at the Legacy Club at the Bet Bash. So who knows? You know, we don't know who's going to show up. I love it. The Friday before Super Sunday, I caught up with the whale capper Drew Dinsick after he wrapped up his radio road duties. And he talked about one evening, I think you rode the elevator up to the bar at the Intercontinental in downtown L.A., and he noticed 50 Cent was in there. I think we found out why during that Super Bowl halftime show. So maybe some similar vibes come the Legacy Club Sunday night at Bet Bash. And uh, I, I know I'm so excited I can't really cover it. I, I don't have a good poker face. Maybe I should attend that seminar. Um, but without trying to fanboy too much about this, um, I think that having gotten so much value out of the first one and the relationships I've built, I can speak to it pretty genuinely from that firsthand experience. So just, you know, by the numbers here, something I thought of as I was putting this together, you know, we've got this covering five days for people who want to run the gauntlet starting Thursday at the D with California split through Monday with the NCAA championship game, five days, four expert panels, three open bars, two March Madness watch parties, one bookie better breakfast and Spanky. I think that leaves zero doubt that we'll be betters, betters for it. How does that sound? Man, man. Dude, dude, I gotta, you know, I gotta hire you, man. You're the best. If you do any side work, let me know, brother. That was incredible. I love the numbers. You counted it down, and with zero doubt, that's it, guys. This is it. Um, and you asked the question. I didn't get a chance to answer it. There are a few tickets that remain, but I promise you, they will. We will be selling out. You know, I don't. Whenever I make an announcement that there's tickets, the people start panicking. They buy tickets. Um. So it's like, I'm not going to even, you know what I mean? Let it come natural. I'm not going to, because I don't want to, you know, if people want to come, they want to come at this point, but we are close. There are, you know, um, 
maybe 20 something tickets left maybe i'm not sure i i haven't checked recently but my clerk kind of tells me all that there's not many tickets so this is the chance and once it sells out it sells out and you don't know so many people spanky can you get me in i got this i'm like no i can't get you in you know i mean this is there's no getting in betbash.co that's the website go ahead you know i mean it's like um you know, and I will put this out there, not that anybody cares. I'm losing significant money on throwing this party. It's, you know, a, a significant investment. I'm not making money on this. Oh, why are you doing it, Spank, if you're not making money? Because, number one, I want everybody to enjoy themselves. But also, I think it's a good investment for the future. And listen, I'm not allergic to making money. I've always said that. But maybe one day I could churn and earn and I could make this successful where, hey, listen, maybe I have throw, I'm able to throw a great party, give people um, their money's worth. And you know, who knows? Maybe I'll stick a few dollars in my pocket. But uh, until then, it's an investment in the future. Um, the Circa also is, is you know, they're, they're, they've, they're working with me on this. And, you know, we're all putting ourselves out there to make it so that this event will succeed. As you say that, I'm reminded of a phrase I think I heard first from Rufus Peabody, who also I would think is probably going to be at Bat Bash. I, I haven't checked in to confirm that, but I met him at the first one. And with this being in his backyard, I believe it was Rufus who I first heard say, it's not minus EV if you're having fun. So, yes, there's the opportunity to turn this into something bigger. Um, but as it is, I think that perspective just shows the, uh, you know, the amount of fun and, and the maybe non-monetary value that can still come out of this for a lot of people involved. And one more logistical piece I wanted to touch on, aside from the amount of tickets left, you've also got some good hotel promos on the BetBash website, betbash.co. And just wanted to throw a pro tip out there. If anybody's looking to maybe save some money and save some time in the morning, I'd recommend giving a look at the D because that's where the morning events are going to be. And I was blown away by the rates. You're paying little more than the resort fee. So um, if there's anything else you had to add on the rates that you've secured for both Circa and the D, some good hotel promos via the BetBash website. Absolutely. Um, you know, when I, when I told them, I said, I, I said, I want my guys to be taking, you know, my, my guests to be taken care of. So they gave me a block and, and they gave me a, such a 30% off discount code. And I, and so I'm thinking, okay, is this, so I compared the price to hotels.com to the D website to everywhere. And I, this, the rate that they're giving us is better than any rate out there. Um, and it's good. You got to shop around. You know what I mean? This is the first thing of any, any, not just sports, but any, but in everything shop around. And I, and, and I haven't found a better rate. And if you really want to save some money, staying at the D is great. You know, Circa is a little bit more expensive because it's newer, obviously, but the D, um, you get a lot more bang for your buck in the sense of, and you'll be close, like you said, Matt, to the morning events, the links are on the website, 30% off rooms at both the D and at the Circa. Love it. Well, Spanky, I know I've kept you for more than an hour. If I may, if, if I've got to let you go, understood. I had a couple questions just about the vision for the event looking forward for some people who might be super interested in this, but just can't make it to Vegas in a month. Is it okay to throw just a few more things your way to look at Bet Bash beyond what we're in store for uh, in April in Vegas? Absolutely. And you just said something that somebody recommended that I named this event Bet Bash and Beyond. Um, but I, uh, you know what I mean? It was, it was a good idea at the time, but Bet Bash it is. But go ahead, man. I'm happy. I'm all yours, bro. Cool. All right. Thank you. I think Bet Bash is sticking just fine. So no harm done there. Um, when it comes to the vision, I, 
I think that Bet Bash was the first one in Jersey City this past summer. Such a good experience for pretty much all involved as far as I've heard. But I was wondering if you had any top takeaways, maybe good and bad. Could have been a learning experience in some ways. How you would apply those top takeaways from the first Bet Bash to what's coming up uh, at Bet Bash 2 in Vegas? Yeah. Um, there's definitely, you know, the biggest one was the speed networking thing where I, I, I saw people sitting with a, with a beer in their hand with their wall, with their back to the wall. And I didn't want that. I wanted people to be out there and actually talk to other people. And I think that, you know, listen, I can't force people to talk to people that can't do that, but I could try to create events to get people out of their shell. That's all I could do. So that's what, that's what the whole speed networking idea came from that first bet bash. All right, yeah, so speed networking, not forced participation, but perhaps more strongly encouraged participation uh, designed, again, to be to the benefit of all in attendance. And speaking of those in attendance, one thing I think I've heard you float, you know, scaling this up to a bigger event you just talked about. Okay, taking a financial hit on this one, but there's potential opportunity in the future. And I've heard some people talk, you know, about Sloan, maybe a parallel the size of the event relative to let's call it the ROI for each person in attendance. What's your vision when it comes to, yes, trying to grow this as much as you can. You mentioned not being allergic to money. That's a good way to put it. And at the same time, making sure that when people show up, it's going to be intimate enough that they can get the proper experience. Yeah. I, um, that's a great thing. You know, uh, another thing that, 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 you know, let me, let me touch on that because that's important. An important part of this, um, Matt, was, you know, I, I think you need you need time to build relationships. And another complaint I had at the first Bet Bash was there was just wasn't enough time to meet everybody. Um, the night just came and went so fast. So a multi-day event is so important. So I'm always going to be about that where relationships can take time to flourish and, and expand new relationships. And where, you know, like I, I – Again, me personally, there's going to be 300 and some odd people there. I want to shake the hands of all 300 people. Somehow, some way, during that whole weekend, I want to meet everybody there. I'm going to try to make an effort. Can it be done? I'm not sure, but I'm going to do my best to do so. I want to meet everybody. And I encourage everybody to do that, um, to try to just meet everybody. Um, and I think that's important. Um, with respect to the ROI and to be able to have an event, I'm, you know, this is the one thing. I'm not going to be uh, the one. The one thing I got going is I will not be bought out by the corporate world or by corporate America or by uh, by somebody. I, I, the slogan is "Buy betters for betters," you know. And I'm financially stable enough that you know what I mean. I could take a hit for the rest of my life doing these events, and it's not gonna, you know, I'm gonna be all right. But at the same time, um, I want to make sure that the quality of the event is never sacrificed. There is going to be enough that people can get out of it that I always say, would I pay 500 bucks to come to this? And if the answer is not an auto yes, then I need to make it an auto yes. So that'll always be the question. And I will always look at it from my perspective, both then and now. So as an up and comer and as a pro, and I have to make sure that all those checks are checked off where this is something that will always be there because I put, you know, if anybody knows anything about me is I'm not going to bullshit. I try to keep it as real as possible. Um, and I will not, you know, uh, tell somebody something and not mean it. So I really do believe that this $500 is an incredible investment. 
um, in your future, and 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 you'll you'll gonna get something out of it um, if you just put a little bit of effort in. And um, and the worst case scenario is you're gonna have a great time and and drink and and, and make new friends. And you know, but I, I think that um, but there, there's so much more to it than that. So yeah, I, I, I'll make sure of that. And if I ever do um, look like I'm selling out to the corporate world, I'm sure guys like you, Matt, and anybody else will let me know about it. But it'll, it's not gonna happen. As you steered that answer in the direction of the ROI for everybody in attendance, I was reminded of one of the things that you've tried to make as clear as possible about how inclusive the event is, you know, come one, come all. And that has me thinking we're probably going to have a pretty sharp skewing crowd of betters here, but just because Circa's hosting doesn't mean that it's limited to people on the other side of the counter at Circa, you know, there could be bookmakers from all walks of life at the event as well. And I've heard that, you know, some people have a little bit of concern if we got sharp betters mingling with dressmakers, as you might call it, concerns about protecting identity and some edges and access to accounts. Uh, any point of view from your standpoint on how to handle that sort of dynamic, knowing that you do want to keep it an inclusive event at the same time? Yeah. Um, so what we're going to do is this, is, um, you know, Circa, uh, there's a lot of things. We're going to be able, I talked it over with my staff and um, we're going to make it so that, you know, you could put your name or whatever name on. We're going to have a badge printed out, but you could write your Twitter. We're going to make it so that you could write your Twitter, Twitter handle on your badge or if people might know you by your Twitter, Twitter handle better. Or we could do something where you could, let's just say, you know what I mean, you want to be known as. Like me, I could put my full name or I could drop over just Spanky. So people might want to just be known as something else. And that's fine, too. We're not over here trying to. Um, you know, although the circuit does require IDs, but nobody's going to share that IDs. And I think that you're getting, it's getting a little bit too crazy to think that these, uh, sports books are going to be keeping track of names and saying, oh yes, um, you know, John Smith, he showed up at Bat Bash. He must be sharp. Let me limit him. I think that's too far-fetched. These guys, they're not going to limit you by you attending a conference. They're going to limit you by your work. And on the contrary, I think if you are John Smith and you probably are, are already limited, this is the time in which you could probably talk to some of these bookmakers that um, and, and, and say, hey, listen, can you please look into my account? I've been limited. Um, and it might be hard to get a hold of them on a Twitter or somewhere else. Um, you know, you're not going to call up Microsoft and get Bill Gates on the phone, right? So you're not going to call up these places and get these guys on the phone. But now at BetBash, you could walk up to them, and they're very kind and cordial. And if they're not, somebody tell me about it, saying this guy's being an asshole to me, and I'll make sure that I do something. Um, and I either talk to the guy or I'm just like, you know what I mean? Because I'm not going to tolerate anybody being a jerk off or an asshole to anybody from both sides of the counter. Um, you know. If people want to listen, listen and listen. If they, everybody has a right to do business in their own way, but at the same time, I think that these guys are pretty open, and they'll say, you know, Jason Scott, you even mentioned, he says, I'm happy to review any account that's been limited and take a look at it. He put that out there. I didn't ask him to do that. Uh, so, you know what I mean? There you go. Um, he might have a queue of people wanting to give him accounts, and that's okay. He's cool with it. He's Listen, he's been on the other side of the counter, so he understands it. Um, and that's the thing. I think people look at these uh, bookmakers um, as, as the enemy. And, and that's the thing. I'm trying 
to end, Matt. I'm trying to uh, stop the division, stop the adversarial relationship between Bookie and Better. I'm trying to make it so that we could all get along and find a way, even though I'm trying to take your money, you're trying to take mine, to be able to be friends and coexist and to be able to help each other out. That's the biggest thing. It doesn't have to be confrontational, adversarial. It doesn't have to be a negative relationship. Think about it. Look at me. I'm bringing all these bookmakers. Some of them don't even let me play, but they're still friends. I still am able to have a conversation. They're still coming to bet bash. Some of them let me play, and I've beaten them out of a lot of money. They still will come to bet bash because they're my friends, and that's the thing. There's a mutual respect. I don't just because, you know what I mean, it's not about – you know, butting uh, heads there. Uh, I think it's about embracing that we could find a way to get along because this is how I've succeeded in this business by relationships and being friendly to people, not by being a jerk. I think that kind of ethos probably sells Bet Bash too, as well as anything else could. So I'm just curious with one two parter here if there's anything you could share about an early vision for Bet Bash 3, maybe something directional in terms of time and place and um, looking at bet bash moving forward after bet bash two i know some people have a bit of a sticker shock looking at 500 bucks to get in is there any possibility of an a la carte type of option in the future where maybe somebody can say hey the legacy club sounds awesome i want to do that i want to make sure i catch you know the stardust memories panel to get a glimpse of you know old vegas before my time anything like that in the future where people might be able to pick and choose what they want to do in addition to the existing option to just get it all covered with one blanket ticket. Well, so let me answer that second question first. Um, yeah, you know, we talked about that and to be able to, you know, we want to ticket people early on and not really worry about doing too many ticketing. And, you know, in order for me to ticket every single event and have separate tickets, I'm going to have to staff it properly. I'm going to have to make sure. And I just, it's one of those things in which, I could understand that, you know, I know 500 bucks is not cheap, but at the same time, I just look at like, you know, a Sloan. Sloan, I think is 800 bucks. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe seven, 800. I forgot what it was. Maybe it's, I don't know what it was, but I know, you know, that goes. The SBC Americas, that thing goes for maybe six, 700. So I think we're pretty competitive in that sense. Um, I think we're giving you a lot, a lot of bang for your buck when it comes to the open bars. And again, you know what I mean? I, with respect to doing individual events, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to rule it out. Never say never. But at the same time, Matt, it's just one of those things in which logistically speaking, it's going to be difficult for us to maintain. Um, and I just don't want to, I kind of want to make this a come one, come all. And here it is. Here's what we have to offer. And, um, you know, sure, you might not like this aspect of it, but you might fall in love with this. Um, but, you know, I, I, I think, you know, some people told me, Spanky, I don't drink. Um, you know, is there a discounted ticket? I won't drink any alcohol. I, I'm sorry. I, you know what I mean? It's not just about the alcohol. It's about you being able to network with, uh, you know, like-minded individuals that can maybe you help you get better or that take you to a next level or to be able to, you know, learn from um, or, or maybe enhance your business. So it has nothing to do with the drinking, although, yes, that's part of it, but it's not all about that. Um, so I, I, I don't see that happening, but I don't want to say I don't want to ever say never to that. When it comes to Bet Bash 3, Matt, I always go back to what Derek Stevens told me when I was down at the Circa in December. He told me it's 300 this one, next one we're going to go for 3,000. 
um, people. So that, that's that, that's Derek's vision, and Derek truly believes that that can happen. I think he has more confidence than I do um, in that batch, which is, you know what I mean? And But who am I? You know, the guy's super successful at what he does, and he's really he's, he's very successful. And I'm, you know, uh, to be partnered with, a, with the Circa, who I respect both professionally um, with respect to how they book sports and how they welcome all comers, but also their staff, their customer service. I've gotten to be on an intimate relationship, um, very close relationship with all the upper echelon of the Circa crew. And let me tell you, um, these guys are unbelievable when it comes to customer service. They are just, they want to do everything they can to make everybody have the best time possible. They, you know, this is a private business and it's, it's, and, and it's, they care. They really do care. Um, you know, Derek Stevens, I'll, I'll never forget this. And this is something that, you know, you kind of learn from when you see, when you see these things happen, you learn from them. It resonates with you. When Derek Stevens first opened a Circa and he gave his speech, um, Derek Stevens, you know, he has the best sports book in the world, the best swimming pool in Las Vegas, the best, you know, there's so many of the best things, you know what I mean? He didn't, he, you know, he, he didn't highlight that. He started highlighting his competitors um, thing, the chandelier bar at the uh, Aria, or you can go to the, the, the club at the MGM or you can go. You know, so he started talking about his competitors a great. And then, you know what, maybe you could come down to the circle also. And that to me was just so unbelievable because he's that humble of a guy and he's that type of a guy that he just shows, listen, I'll let the product speak for itself, but I don't need to build myself up. I'll build other people up because it's okay. We're all in this. We're trying to all earn. We're trying to make Las Vegas, you know, the go-to destination and downtown. What Dirk Stevens has done to downtown Las Vegas is incredible. It's incredible. Um, I invite everybody. There are some, you know, there are some whiskey bars down there, dude, that, um, that I go to. There's a whiskey bar down there that uh, maybe you and I, Matt, could sneak out and, and, and be able to have a drink over there that's in the container park area of it that is just off the hook. Everything is handcrafted cocktails. Um, and, and, and he's helped rebuild and re- reorganize that whole thing um, of downtown. So I'm telling you, it, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's just what he's done for downtown, what he's done for Vegas is incredible. And I'm so lucky to be able to pair it up with, with a staff like that, to be able to have the Circa a home for Betbash. Like I, I don't, you know, I kind of wanted to make it so that it could come be in a different location, but who knows? I don't look, we're going to see how this goes. I have a meeting scheduled with all the circus, the, the Circa upper echelon, the Tuesday after Betbash. So we're gonna we have a meeting scheduled. We're gonna talk about what worked, what didn't, um, and and we'll, we'll see from there. I can't really talk about Betbash three yet. There are internal plans, but we we got to see how this one goes. Is this gonna take us to the, to the moon, or is this thing gonna fall flat on its face? We'll find out. Um, but I hope the former obviously uh, uh, wins out. Good to know you have that meeting Tuesday morning to dive into it because Monday during the college championship game, I might see if I can sneak a stout for you into the VIP section of the Circa Sportsbook. Absolutely. And I'm just going to make sure that you don't have the whole thing to yourself since Tuesday morning might come a little bit fast after just a whirlwind Thursday through Monday. I love it. What's that percentage by alcohol? Uh, uh, these, some of these things. I remember they're pretty heavy, right? They're, they're, uh, 
Yeah, I'm checking on one I brought for you. So I brought you a bottle to the first bet dash of a beer called Fundamental Observation. That's kind of the stout of record for a powerhouse brewery out here in Southern California called Bottle Logic. And uh, it looks like their most recent batch I'm seeing 14.2% ABV. So that's, yeah, it's getting up there. Yeah, man, that's like, you know, for a beer, that's like, you know, you don't even, these are, these are big numbers, man. Uh, so yeah, it really, uh, and I remember I, I, I had that one night, I forgot, I, I, right after the football, it was a football Sunday, I think I told you, I saved it and I really enjoyed that. Thank you, Matt. You know, the props, I love the unique aspect of your podcast where it's not just betting, it's about beer and drinking and, you know, and, um, and talking about different cocktails and man, if I'm telling you, there's that one bar down there um that that whiskey bar um i forgot the name of it i could look it up but actually i want to look it up if you want to just give me a moment because um it it is phenomenal yeah Um, go ahead and look it up and while you're doing that uh, i will tee up a question uh, that maybe you can weave the answer uh of this bar into because as you start to bring the hops into it a bit I, i can't wrap us up without weaving in i feel like maybe killing two birds with one stone the Malinsky Minute, a nod to the late, great David Malinsky, a staple of the show, as well as the hops, of course, being a pillar. And I gathered from previous conversations with you that you're a single malt scotch guy, also a stout guy when it comes to the beer. So I'd be curious to hear, um, you know, weaving in both the hops and David Malinsky. I mean, he was a master of so many things, but beer and food pairing was, you know, up there among the top. And I'm wondering, beer or anything else, any like food and drink pairing high on your radar for the bet bash trip you're going to be taking out to Vegas. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm starting to now get back, you know, I, I, I love scotch, but now I'm starting to get into some old fashions these days. And, um, mm. and, um, you know, I just, I, I, I love, uh, you know, it gets a little bit of a sweetness out there and I'm, I'm into four roses now, single batch. I've been drinking a lot recently. Um, and, you know, I, I just like to just spread my wings out a little bit. You know what I mean? I don't want st- to – I love scotch. I love the single malt. But you kind of want to – you know, they have um, – at the Legacy Club, they have a, a Johnny Walker Blue, which is not a single malt. It's a blended scotch. But it's – um they have the Ghost Edition. It's from a Ghost Distillery. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. Um, it's a distillery that no longer – uh is no longer operating so they, they you know it, it's um and it was a different i think it's called johnny blue ghost or something and they have cases and cases of that so um i, I enjoy that um and i enjoy a fine cigar that's nothing at the legacy club you could they have they have cigars there also um so maybe i'll bring a few cigars you smoke cigars at all matter one in rome so that sounds oh, like beautiful. that might be the spot for it that's awesome oak and ivy is the name of the place by the way oak and ivy mm. um it's absolutely it's, it's such a small you know um um place and hold on yeah let me just look at it yeah yeah that's it it's such a it's a small little place it's it's um but man oh man the drinks they make there and the mixologists they got is is, is just phenomenal phenomenal i really enjoy a nice nice cocktail there and I, i'm gonna sneak out one night i don't know when or one afternoon um, it's like a block or two from the D, um, and uh, I'm gonna probably just gonna try to get a sneak in an afternoon cocktail. I always try to do so when I'm down in Vegas. Love it. Well, you can bet that I will be following up, pestering you to see when we could maybe arrange this. And uh, listeners who've made it this far, well rewarded with one more pro tip here. Spanky, the final question I've got for you, shifting gears a bit to something that's also really fun, though. I heard you mention it recently. 
uh, on Gambling with an Edge in January. You mentioned seeing Casablanca on the big screen as part of a Fathom Events Turner Classic Movies partnership. That's one of my all-time favorites. I, I would love to see it on the big screen myself at some point. And to that end, got me thinking, you know, amount of so many interests, but what would you say is your favorite movie? Oh, man, there's just, <laughs> there's so many to choose from. Um, you know, I, I, you know, I love The Godfather. I think that's always something that I could watch multiple times. And, you know, that opening scene of The Godfather is just, um, is, is just incredible. Uh, and, and it's something that's, uh, you know, it, it's, uh, it, it, it stands the test of time, that movie. And, um, you know, and you hear kind of the behind the scenes part of The Godfather on how Marlon Brando would, um, you know, how, how he would set up himself, you know, he would put tissues in his cheeks to be able to, uh, to be able to look like a more, have a more puffy look. And he would, um, you know, it was just an incredible actor. Marlon Brando's, I think probably the best actor uh, out there uh, ever. Um, to me, yeah, I think it's just incredible how many roles he's had in, in, in so many different films. But, uh, you know, The Godfather 1, I know a lot of people love The Godfather 2, which I also love, but Godfather 1, to me, is just, um, it just, you know, just stands the test of time and it's always up there for me. I was going to have to ask one or two, because Godfather 2, one of the few sequels that a lot of people can make a strong case for being better than the original. But yeah, can't go wrong either way with Brando and De Niro. Um, just so well done on so many levels. And Spanky, at this point, we're approaching geez, an hour 40 that we've been recording. I've got to let you go. It's, you know, it's getting close to my bedtime and I'm three hours behind you. So I'll let you get back <laughs> to it. But I want to make sure to plug your work. People can find you on Twitter at Spanky, also hosting the podcast Be Better Betters. And as far as Bet Bash goes, on Twitter at Bet underscore Bash, the website to snatch up one of those final few tickets if you haven't already done so, betbash.co. Spanky, anything I'm missing or anything else you'd like to add? Matt, I just want to thank you again. You run such a tight, tight podcast here, and um, I really enjoy everything you bring to the table, and you're a good man. And I want to let people know out there, Matt has, has volunteered and has told me, if you need any help with Bet Bash Spanky, let me know. I'm there for you, you know, and, and I, I want to put that out there that you didn't ask for anything. You didn't, you're just, you're, you're truly a genuine guy that wants to help this, make this event um, great for everybody. So I just want to put that out there that not too many people, you know, you're the host and people just look, you know, but you're, you're a solid, solid dude, man. I'm proud to call you friend and I can't wait to be able to uh, toast at Bet Bash with you um, and, um, and, and build more on our friendship. You're a great guy. Wow, thank you. What a sign-off. I'm not going to be able to top that, but thank you, <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you once again for not only those remarks, but all your time and insight over the course of this conversation. And until we're together in Vegas once again, I'll be counting down the days until Bet Bash 2. Thank you, Matt. I appreciate it, brother. Goodbye. Thanks again to Spanky, and thank you for listening. If you found any value in our conversation, the number one way you can support Props and Hops is to take a quick moment to leave a rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. One final housekeeping note before we close up shop. If you live in an area where wagering is legal and want to kill two birds with one stone, go ahead and sign up for a sportsbook via any of the links at the bottom of the Props and Hops landing page on Dimers.com. That way you can get down on some edges while supporting this show along the way. You can find a link to that landing page in these show notes. 
All right, that'll do it for this week, but I'll talk to you early next week with the ideal guest to brush up on March Madness bracket strategy, exploring how we can put ourselves in the best possible position to win our pools come this year's tournament. And who knows, maybe a few of us will even find ourselves at Stadium Swim at the Circa on Final Four Saturday, rooting in both our bets and our brackets at Bet Bash. Until next time, let's bet well, let's drink well, and let's be well. Ups and ups and